For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Why do you feel the Dutch picked up on Muay Thai and incorporating the Western boxing right away where the ties were just so linear? Do you think that's something physiological? I have no clue. You know, I would say um, because we're a small country. Right. And we want the world to know that we're there. Right. And for some reason... Uh, we really like striking, you know, you, you have events every, every week in Holland, whether it's a small or a big event, there's always fight, there's always Thai boxing events. Right. You know, so uh, they just like it. And, and like you said, they tied the hands together with the legs. And I think that was the, it was the first country that did that. And that's why we always were the first guys that went in in Thailand. We, hear me talking, those guys, and uh, start beating the Thais. I mean, someone like Rob Kamen who kind of pioneered like both power and western boxing mm. how did you look at him was he was he someone like did you look at him and said i want to do that or was he more like a demigod to you when when you first saw him fight he i was a huge rob cayman fight um i uh, i remember me going to the yap aden hall that's a it's a place in holland uh, where they always would have the fights and he would fight he and ernesto Hoost. they fought also there uh, many fights. They also had a show one time that they brought all the world champions from Thailand and they fought at one night. Four world titles, they all got knocked out. They went and it live streamed to Thailand. So that was the place to be. And I remember me jumping out of the audience in front of him making a picture of Rob. Uh, and, and now he's a really good friend of mine. Right, the late so grade. funny how that goes. The late grade uh, Sir Decker <laughs> yeah. passed away. How, how was he uh, an influence to you? Roman Dekas was my, that was my total idol. I, I wanted to be like him. I wanted my fighting style to be like him. Explosive, super powerful. You know, I've been, that, he's pretty much the reason I, I started Thai boxing. You know, I, I was already Thai boxing, but when my buddy <clears throat> told me, check this kid out. He was like 14 years old. He fought like a 23-year-old or a 25-year-old. I remember, bigger guy. It was a last minute thing. And I go, dude, he's gonna get killed. And he's in, uh, watch this kid. And he didn't do anything, didn't do it. He was really tiny, had a little mullet in his back. Right. And suddenly one low kick, he's vlam! Boom. I go, holy crap. And that's, that was my introduction to Roman Deckers. And I said, I want to be like that. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to make a statement and you tell me if I'm completely wrong. Hmm. You and Tyson fought more square than parallel. Why did you guys fight more square into your opponent? Is it for more power purposes? Pa power or? purposes. I, I always did it and I'm, I'm using Tyson as an example so many times because in Thai boxing they say yeah for MMA maybe your stance is good but right. not for Thai boxing. I say once you stand in one line you're shutting down your weak side like if you're a normal stance orthodox right. you're shutting down your left left no le no power left kicks no power left hands no you can't open with a hook you can but you have to load up or set it up at the right straight but otherwise you have to load up but or it has zero power so i say why don't i fight like this it's very simple linear if you stand like this it's very good for movement to the side one line forward very good to move to to, to, to that front and backwards right this is the middle 
This is exactly the middle. I can move as fast to the side as I can to go to the front. The only thing you're going to give up is that you're a bigger target here, because that's what they all say. I right, say, oh, absolutely. so what you're saying, oh, you're so, so you're scared? I say, go to some sit-ups, dude. Did Mike Tyson ever go down with a body shot? No, no he did never. not. He's right straight. But he's got a power left hook. Power. The jab is a straight now. It becomes a straight. I had a, a crash test dummy at the National Geographic. I was uh, kicking and punching, and they measured power. I hit a 1.1 <clears throat> with my right hand. It was harder than these guys were kicking. It was funny. And with my left, in, in my orthodox stance, I hit a 1. I was 10% off. These guys were freaking out. This is why is that? I said, that's because of the stance. You know, because I got a power shot now. It's not a jab anymore. I always say fighting is very simple. If you, you hit somebody really hard in the head, right. defense will go up. And there's your next Open target. And it's the other way around. Right. You know, jabs, I eat jabs. I take him in order to give a big right hand. But if you start po throwing power shots at me with a left, I, I have to defend myself. I have to block them. And once I start blocking, things are opening up. And that's the reason. Did you ever subscribe <clears throat> to the time mentality or possibly the kickboxing mentality where it's like, come on, like the exchange? The exchange. I always thought that was, that was a stupid thing uh, to do. Okay. Because if you, you know, it, I, listen, I'm, I, I used to be, uh, oh, everybody's very well conditioned there. We can take a lot of beat, beating here. But what if one goes through and it breaks a rip? Fights over. Can't breathe, you're going to so feel like you're going to die. There you go. And, and, and plus it's very dangerous. If they find out you broke your rib, they might stop the fight. It can punch your lung. And so I always said, don't do those kind of crazy things. A shot for a shot, a punch for a punch. We had one on Inside MMA. We showed this big guy. He got hit, hit, hit. And he, he puts his hands down and he goes to the guy, come on, come on. The guy goes, pop, and he's out. It fell down. And I go, you should never do that. You know, Don't take risks. Um, for someone beginning, is it really the combination or is it the automation of applying that combination? For somebody beginning, I, I, we, at my gym in Holland, we had a very high success rate. And they always ask me, why, why do you think is that? And we knocked a lot of people out, but a lot of people won. And I said, because I keep everything simple. Right. I, get, I give you a cross, a hook, maybe a body shot if you're up for it, but if you can't, you don't. Cross, hook, cross, cross, hook, hook, cross. Hook, cross already, I want to try to stay away from with beginners because a hook, you many times hook? they load up. Yeah, lead okay. up. So I always like to open with straight punches, wrap it up with low kicks, and I will focus on these. That was pretty much it. I said, the only thing you're doing, you're focusing on your opponent, you're waiting, you're moving back, you stay out of his reach a little bit, just outside his reach. Let him throw punches. The more punches he throws, the more you can time every time to come closer. He can find and his he, distance. And he can blow his wad, too. And also that. I said, and, and then you just aim. The only thing I want you to aim for is right there, the jaw. You want to go for the jaw. If you go for the body, hit exactly at the solar plexus. Now, once you start focusing on that, you automatically put yourself more in the game. And, and, and second of all, we all know that yeah, you can kick in me here. I'm not going to go down. Here, different right. story. And a lot of people don't do that. And, and I still realize that from my first Thai boxing match, I just hit a silhouette. A person, I didn't aim. I always said if they would have, after I knocked, I knocked him out with a body kick, a liver kick, uh, spinning back into the liver, he went, if, he went down. If they would have blindfolded me at that time, and they would have called in four other guys, uh -huh. they would put them in one line, and they take the blindfold off, and they would say, who did you fight? I would We're have not known who he fought. It was just a really weird thing. And that's what happens in the beginning. You're, you're totally, you can't channel. It's like Superman, a lot of Superman, you know, with the, all the sounds that you can't channel. Right. That's in fighting. And, and once you power that, master that, and, and, and some people never do, 
But once you can control that, that's, that's the trick to fighting. Once you can bring the, the game that you have here in the dojo, if you can bring that same game under pressure right. in front of an audience, you're going to be a good fighter. Let's talk <coughs> about a little bit of the difference between both <coughs> Japan and Dutch. Because I feel like in Japan, if you beat one, a Japanese fighter, they give you their baby to kiss. It's amazing. And in, in, in Dutch culture, you beat a Dutch fighter, then they're throwing beer bottles at you and chairs. Yes. P please elaborate on your, your time. Well, it's, you know, and I, <laughs> I think it's almost in every country, right? It's, uh, it's not only with country. the Dutch. You know, it's, um, yeah, the Japanese, I was, I was blown away by that. <coughs> Sorry. The only the only person ever uh, who went to Holland and got standing ovations in the beginning, not they booed him uh, because he fought a top Dutch guy was um, Penny the Jet. Orkidas. And uh, yeah, and he he started fighting, fighting, and he wasn't trained with low kicks. <coughs> and my throat. Okay. So um, he got low kick, low kick, low kick. I mean, there was no way this guy was going to come out in the second round. Everybody thought, but he hung in there. And then he started coming back. And then, he, and, and the willpower, the heart that he showed there, you know, it was it, like in the fifth and the fi final round, the opponent, the Dutch guy, started out spitting out his mouthpiece to get time, you know, and the people totally switched. I mean, they started booing the Dutch guy. They were like, he showed so much heart when he did that there, and then he stopped the guy also. That was an amazing fight. That was the first time that I saw a, a, a foreigner come in Holland and just totally swept the whole nation. Almost Rocky-like. Right, you know, the switch from Drago. Drago. Yeah, it was really like that. Man, they were booing the guy when he would spit out his mouthpiece. And he was, he was the hero there. Um, now, how about <clears throat> your experience in Japan? Because I know you did a little bit of pro wrestling, but if, if I'm incorrect, you had suffered an eye injury, a neck injury, and a possible shoulder tear? From pro wrestling? And, uh, from pro wrestling, yeah. First one, I broke a disc uh, in my back. I cracked a disc. And the second time, I believe, it was either an eardrum or a ruptured eyeball. Right. The, I had a blind spot here for like six weeks. Um, and, and the guy goes, I, I can't see. And he goes, fight. And I go, dude, I can't see. Fight. Right. Go, silhouette okay. time. Now it's silhouette time. Just the guy in the middle, what they say. And, uh, and then an eardrum. Because what happens in pro wrestling, you let him hit you. You let him do, normally I will block those punches. So this guy with the open eyes go pop, <laughs> that thing is still broke. This still. is, man, yeah, because if I fix it, I'm not allowed to fly for six weeks, which is pretty much in my, with my job impossible. You know, I really have to schedule that, but still now, if I go to the, the deep in the pool and water goes behind it, it's a nightmare. I gotta go in, they have to suck it out. Because then you hear your own heartbeat. It's really annoying. Uh, Dana White also has Meniere's disease, which is yeah. a little different. Yeah, that's, that's really heavy, I hear. But um, I wanted to pick your brain, and if you don't mind sharing to the audience, is you have tons of bar stories. Mm. Maybe if you could share either the Swedish bar or the Galaxy. Fight, fight times at the Galaxy. Fight times at the Galaxy. Like, what was that like? You know, we had a really good uh, group of guys there. Smart guys. I mean... The head bounce was a really smart dude. It was a guy you didn't want to mess with, but it was really smart, uh, smart dude. And all the other guys was Kikushin, an old guy, Kikushin guy we had there. We had uh, Commando Case, who was in uh, a Commando. We would do all these routines all the time. Like we would stand at the door the whole time. We were so bored. So it w I would suddenly throw a punch and he would like catch. And then we start building these whole little, you know, scenes, fight right. scenes, always. I was base the animal steel. 
<laughs> and he was Commando Cat. It was funny because he's a, he's a tough guy. He was a Green Beret in Holland. And uh, many, many times when a uh, <coughs> soldier would come in, they would recognize him from the Marines. And they would go from the commandos in Holland. They'd go, oh my God, you know, they, they would be scared of him. Apparently he was such an ass and uh, such a tough guy uh -huh. uh, in the army. But uh, great guys, man, great guys. And we had a lot of fun stories, you know. You just, a lot of stuff happened there because they had more bars. It was one big bar. And when you would go upstairs, upstairs with three doors, there was also where you could hand the, hang the coats. There was a special bar in the corner, another bar there. And that entrance went to the big one also. So it was an up and down, huge disco. Okay. Uh, nightclub. Yeah, I mean, there's so many stories there. <laughs> How about one? One. Um, Were you, didn't I, you have to kick the shit out of like four or five kickboxers? No, or no, no, I never had that. No, 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 okay. no, not there, not there. That was in Sweden, that, 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 uh, that fight. No, this one, uh, what did I, do? you know, which one? The f okay, a fun one was when a guy came in and he was a total dick. And uh, he was with two girls, and he felt like he had to walk around the whole time with the two girls. And the girls were wearing, uh, like, how uh, uh, you call it, fur coats. And he was there, and I told him to, the coats had to stay in. And that was already a big problem. But finally they did it, because I was not going to let him in. Okay. But now he didn't like me, of course. And then when he went through, I said, give me, a, you need a stamp on your hand. And he goes like, you know me, I said. I don't know you. I said, there's two and a half thousand people in here. I say, you need a stamp on your hand. He says, no way, I'm not going to take a stamp on my hand. He was too big to get a stamp on my hand. I say, I can do it anywhere you want. No insight that nobody sees it. Don't worry about it. No, no, he was the tough guy, doesn't need it. So you see, once they do that, I'm going to be an ass there. Right. So he goes out. It's he on. comes back to take a fee. And he wants to walk in. Like, hey, can I see your stamp? He goes, I don't have one, man. So you got to pay entrance there. And you weren't intoxicated at this point. No, 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 no. No, no, me. I was working. Right. Okay. I, 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 at the one time, which this is another story. It's really funny. That's something you should never do. Come back to that. That's sure, fun. Sure, sure. Um, and uh, he, and he, he's with the chicks again. And he's getting this whole problem. And suddenly he looks at his chicks both and he goes, excuse me, ladies. I got to take care of a problem. And I'm standing here. And he headbutts me. But because he has the two chicks, he can't really put any power right. behind him. Right. So he, I, I get hit, but not really hard. So I fly back and I grab him and I go bang, bang. And he goes out and I look around and I go, did you guys see that? I gave him two back. And everybody was yeah. And then we, we threw him out, of course. But it was the moronic, how moron, uh, how stupid can you be, you know, holding two people and trying to, you can deliver a power headbutt. It didn't work out that way. Stuff like that happened a lot. The stairs down, of course. A lot of people went down that stairs, you know, if they... On their own will, via <coughs> drinks, I'm sure. Yeah, you know, they would run up and then puff, go, go down. Uh, many guys would, would wait for you. The bar would close at 5 uh, a.m. And um, you so I'm waiting for you, I'm waiting. And every time I would open the front door and they would still be waiting, I said, please wait, okay? We'll do it in a little bit. Five o'clock I'm out. Of, of course, no, nobody ever at five o'clock, they were always good. You know, they would stand there till five to five and then right. they start thinking and they go like maybe sobering maybe up. Maybe push. And they think maybe we shouldn't do it. The other story, what happens there is that um, I was working, I didn't train for three and a half years. I was a bouncer. So, you know, afterwards we go to after parties with the bouncers, you know, it's not the most healthy uh, lifestyle. And um, at New Year's, you know, after we were allowed to drink some and we started drinking and, you know, 
I didn't have a real control of my drinking anyway. This guy comes to me and he says, hey, do you want to fight again? And I said, sure, who? And he says, Frank Lopman. Frank Lopman, is he out? Because he's, he's in jail. Yeah, he's, he, he come, came out and he's, he, he needs an opponent. I said, sure, I'll fight him. Now, two, and a half, uh, now uh, two months later, they call me and they ask me where to send the posters. I don't remember anything from that conversation. So I go, what posters? They said, from the fight. Which fight? You and Frank Lopman. I said, me and Frank Lopman, why would we fight? I said, who said that? He said, you said that. Where? In the, and I start thinking, I go, yeah, I did talk to him. Did I really say yes to it? So I didn't want to be a pussy. I didn't want to puss out. So I said, okay, I'll take the fight. I had three and a half weeks to fight for a guy who was like 52 and 0 with 47 knockouts. Not a smart idea. You know, I couldn't do my uh, jump rope, jumping rope. And uh, needless to say, I lost the fight. You know, and uh, it, it, it was not fun. Was but this was a, a sanctioned fight? <coughs> that was a sanctioned fight, yeah. Okay. It was A-class Thai boxing in Holland, professional. It was, it was a beast. Uh, animal, the, the, the Animal was his nickname, Frank the Animal Lopman. Later on, he came to Pancras. He fought Ken Shamrock on Thai boxing rules. He kicked him in one round out with low kicks. And uh, I asked him, I was praying, so please give me a rematch now. <laughs> he says, no, because that same, same event, I broke a guy's shin bone with a heel hook. And he goes like, you crazy. I'm not going to fight you. I just saw you breaking somebody's shin bone. And says, uh, I said, I want a rematch, but uh, that never worked out. He's, actually, he became a friend of mine. For this part, we're going to have you select either or uh, of the people I'm going to spit out. Okay. So, Bruce Lee or Dan in the Santo? You know, Bruce Lee, I mean, that's how everything started with me. I have to, you know, but Dan is a really cool guy. I actually did with his uh, daughter two, um, two movies with Diana Lee in the Santo. Oh, okay. Now, did, did Bruce Lee have an effect on you guys the same way like blacks and black exploitation like really felt Bruce Lee? So was that like a major influence also all, all throughout in the martial culture for Dutch Well, for me, it was like this. I was this kid, sick kid. I was very sick when I was a kid. I spent a lot of time in the hospital, very bad asthma, very bad eczema, skin disease everywhere in my face, in my arms. So I had to wear gloves. I was always the kid they picked on. And um, because they're afraid of it, you know, and they think it's contagious. You know, so um, I went to France and I sneaked into the movie theater with my brother. He was 17 years and older. We sneaked into Enter the Dragon. Okay. And uh, that was the first time I saw Bruce Lee. And that was it. I came out, I go, oh my God, that, that's, I gotta be like him. Nobody will mess with me again. And I started training, you know. I'm, of course, my parents were very against it. So I, uh, I always uh, was mimicking. People were actually thinking I had a black belt because I would hold my foot up like this, you know. Like all the things he did, I would just imitate. Was this post your Taekwondo <laughs> training already? Oh, yeah. This okay. was when I was 12. And then um, and two years of bagging my parents to allow, the, finally they allowed me to do Taekwondo. That's where I started Taekwondo. But then two, three months in, I was doing really well. I was... I was beating up the, bra the brown bells there. And they, I heard the people talking about me, you know, behind my back. I'm like, this kid, this kid. So my confidence was really up. stopped booming up. And then I got in a fight with the biggest uh, bully in town. And your parents was like, no more Taekwondo for you, boss. No more, yeah, but I knocked him out. But I broke his nose in the process. So <laughs> he had to go to the hospital, Paris, police showed up. But that was it, it really helped. I never had a problem anymore. Everybody was right away, don't mess with that guy. BJ <clears throat> Penn or Sakuraba? Oh man. Tough one, I know. Yeah, I know, it's right here. One. 
Gun to your head, uh, BJ Penn. Or you know, BJ is a good friend of mine, and I, I, I oh. love his outfield. I, but, but Sakuraba, Sakuraba, I mean. Tough one, right? Yeah, it's a tough one. That, I, that's a very hard one. I don't even want to choose because that. Because, you know, Sakuraba made pride. So a lot of people, they, they always try to rebuild, make a new organization in Japan now. I say, it won't happen. Only when you find a guy like Sakuraba. Right. And that will never happen again because. With the Gracies, he beat four Gracies. That is something that can never be duplicated, duplicated anymore. So, you know, unless you have a guy like that, you're not going to get a company big. You need a very strong Japanese guy who beats really good outsiders. And his wrestling ability with his wrestling showmanship really <coughs> catered. He was a little like Caesar. People were throwing pedals that was it. at him at, at that particular time. Super smart kid, man. I had, uh, what a nice guy also. Always uh, had fun with him. I was always very upset about, he didn't get paid a lot. You know, I always thought that was not cool. I thought he uh, retired a little too late and not as gracious as I, I would have loved. And Fedor were the two. Yeah, but uh, uh, I, I think uh, Sakuraba was because I think he got a lot of push. Like, hey, you have to take this fight, have to take this fight. Right. For instance, when he fought Vandalay, like uh, right away, pretty much again, after destruction like he had the first time, Give him some guys, other guys. Let him build back up and his confidence. Then let him fight again. You know, but they were just, oh, now we're the big numbers, people watching. Let's do it again. They weren't, they weren't protecting him. You know, and I, I think you really should. They, they started to think he was just God. I think, and uh, and nobody is like that. And sometimes it will backfire on you. Too many fights, too hard. You know, I heard he also likes to drink, you know. All Japanese and, uh, men. Do. All that Japanese. So, you know about you know, Rapongo. the combination. Yeah, oh yeah, well, me too. And at the time, you know, but I think sometimes you need to step, step back, you need a year maybe to come back from a fight. If it's a heavy loss, you know, you need to recoup, you need to get back your confidence, 100%. Pride or UFC? At, at the time, I was Pride. There was nothing bigger than Pride. I had Dana White. He, he, he came to watch the show. He had uh, Chuck Liddell with him. He was even competing in the tournament, remember, against Quinn. And uh, I remember the opening, and I'm looking back at them, at uh, Dana, and uh, Fertitta was there also. And they were, uh, they were sitting, whoa. And I, he looks at me, I go, it's crazy, right? And it's what he said. He says, yeah, this is, this is crazy. I mean, a small show would be 45,000 people. That was considered a small show. They had nothing smaller. You know, that Tokyo Dome, they had the event outside, uh, you know, the, the, the uh, 93 or 91 and a half thousand people. That's amazing. That was the craziest thing ever. People came in on parachutes. I mean, Aoki, a uh, sorry, um, um, pro wrestling, New Japan, Enoki, 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 of course, because I was for New Japan. He, um, he came on a parachute in, and there was some wind. I mean, the wind went, it was blowing. I go, this is going to go wrong. I mean, there was, I think, 30 mile per hour wind at least, you know, so, uh, but it all worked. Takara was on the top of the roof. It was the craziest thing ever, but uh, it was cool. It was the first time we saw Bob Sepp fighting against Nogueira with the Ooh. pile drive. You know, that was the moment I thought, okay, now we have a death. I was going to say that was almost the equivalent to Ricardo Arona trying to insist on the triangle. Oh, yeah, And yeah. boom. He got hit so hard. Quentin and right. when you see Quinton arch back, he's arching back. 
So he's, he's not straight, he's literally doing this. Right. And then slams him forward. To springboard. It's insane, the, 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 the core power he has. And finally, um, <clears throat> slowly but surely in the MMA forums, there's been a big debate about like, hey, is this, what happened to the art of self-defense and mm. street fighting? Because everything's been cage-centric or ring-centric. Where do you think the future is going for teaching for self-defense? Well, I, I think a lot of MMA will be involved, of course. And then uh, you, you add the, the eye pokes and the kicking to the pills. It's like these guys, you know, so annoying. Oh, this guy fought four in the street fights and he's really good and he pokes your eye. I go, you think uh, a mixed martial artist can, can do that? Poke right. an eye? Guess what? We can do it better. We have more stamina, more control. You know, it's a job to do. You think somebody's going to come close to my pills? I'm not going to kick his. It's going to happen. Of sure, it's going to happen. And if that guy was really that good, he would fight mixed martial arts. Trust me. But they aren't that good. They're good in the dojo against all their students that they can pick out. You right. know, it's all so annoying. Unless you fought, nobody can say they can fight. Not a guy on the planet. Even Bruce Lee. Yeah, absolutely. As That's long fair. as he did not compete. Now, did, they always tell me, what would happen to Bruce Lee if you would put him in a cage right now? Listen, I'm the biggest, huge Bruce Lee fan ever. He started everything with me. He would lose. But let's give him a year to adapt to this new style. Right. And then do it again. But straight from where he was at the time, he's not going to no, win. No, he's it's not going to win. It's a big difference in training <coughs> and athleticism. But he picks up so fast. So he, he was already experimenting with it. We saw him doing arm bars, throws. He did everything already. So. Now, for the audience, where can they get, get a hold of you and check out your gym? You have a fantastic facility here. What's the website or web address? EliteMMAGym.com. That is this place. And then Twitter, uh, Facebook, Facebook is slash Bosswooden. I got that. Somebody else had it, but we got it. And uh, what is a Bosswooden MMA on Twitter? And that's pretty much anywhere I go. O2 Trainer, check the O2 Trainer out. And look at this nice shirt. Oh, my wife came up and said, How cool is that? MMA. And she say Addict. And I got an Addict. And then I come close and they say, Short letters MMA. It's kind of an attention puller. Thank you, sir. You're very welcome. That's awesome. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Save big money now on new siding from LP Smart Side at Menards. Update and beautify your home with your choice of 13 timeless colors of pre-finished engineered siding. It's durable and includes a Sherwin-Williams factory finish paint warranty that means no painting for years to come. View our entire selection of siding from LP Smart Side today. And don't forget to check out our flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at Menards.